0: Hi, and you're very welcome back to the Leitrim GAA podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. My name is Brett Early, and I'm joined once again this week as co-host by Aidan Rooney, of course, one of the members of Leitrim's victorious 1994 winning team. Um, It's been a rough, rough week for Leitrim on the field. We're going to hear from County Secretary Declan Bohan in just a few moments about maybe where we go from here and... um, just how we recover after the last week with defeats in Mayo, obviously on Sunday afternoon, also the under-20s beaten last week in Hyde Park by Roscommon, and our hurlers uh, put in a relegation playoff in the um, Nicky Rackard Cup this weekend coming against Armagh. We're going to talk on all of that as well as the ladies' football victory at the weekend, great win for the girls. Uh, And, of course, the closing in on this club championship in just a couple of weeks. We're just a few weeks away. The intermediate finals, junior finals from last year, of course, still to be played. They'll be played in two weeks' time. We'll be looking at them next week on the show. But the draws for this year's championship are going to happen this week on Thursday evening. You'll find out who your team will play this year in the club senior and intermediate championships. Aiden, um, we're gonna to talk to Declan in a second, but I suppose first of all, maybe your thoughts on the game at the weekend.
1: Ah, uh, very disappointing, Brefany, I suppose. I suppose the worst thing you can say about it is it was expected. Um, that's probably the worst indictment we can we can we can put on the game. Um, there was no expectancy around the places we could put put in a performance or we could get um, anything out of the game from a point of view of moving forward. Um, you know, it's a very doom and gloom scenario. But but I suppose the reality of it is at the minute is um, hearing all the the, the media talk, um, the populist talk out there. Um, it's very despondent and it's very much down against provincial championships and very much down against these, you know, these imbalanced games. And I just think there's too much of to the talk, Refn, to be honest. I'm getting a bit, you know, I'm getting a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit, of, and uh, you know, sick of hearing this mantra week in, week out. You know, I think, I think it's time, you know, that we had a bit of realisation around this as well. And people are talking about, you know, they want tier championships. And the, but the reality is here, and I was talking to a couple of young men during the week here in Sligo, um, and I had a stark reality for them. Um, if the tiered system comes in, that they're all kind of saying we might need, the, the likelihood is that they will never, ever have a chance of winning a county kind of championship again. And that's probably something that we need to be very, very cognizant of, I suppose, going forward. And it's probably a discussion for later on with Declan as well. Maybe, You know, like, We've seen dark days before. You know, we've been here. Um, lots of teams around the country have seen dark days, um, this year in particular as well. You, you know, we God rest Tony McGowan, and I see, I see him on social media in the last number of weeks. Tony was the eternal optimist. I think at this stage in nature, we need to have a little bit of kind of, I suppose, accountability, um, first of all, but optimism as well. We need to have accountability. And I suppose the people who need accountability most, I suppose, you know, I would say the players need their accountability for themselves as well. Um, you know, we, we will we will blame Terry Highland, we'll blame County Board, we'll blame Resources, we'll blame everything. But ultimately the players need to have, I suppose, a clear look at themselves too and say, you know, are they fully accountable for what's gone on this season with themselves? You know, are they happy with their performance yesterday? Are they happy to go over to, to Castle Bar, same as Sligo were in, in Marfricks Park a couple of weeks ago, and, and succumb to the line that we're not good enough for this like that's too easy
0: yeah and i think i suppose today's discussion for the next 15 minutes or so um is more about we are where we are how do we get to make sure that this doesn't happen again or that we can change the direction we're heading in and I suppose at this point it's probably a good time to bring in the county secretary on this uh, declan bohun you're very very welcome back to the show how are you breath and aiden how are things declan how
2: are you good good
0: I've had better days as a Leitrim supporter, I suppose. But in terms of, I suppose, the situation, you were in McHale Park yesterday. Um, you flashed up on the TV a few times, uh, sitting behind Terry on the bench uh, for Leitrim. Um, what's your take, on, I suppose, on the game and maybe where things went wrong on the day?
2: Well, it was a, I think I just heard your pre- prelude, if you like, to, to this interview backstage, if we'd like to go to that. Um, you know, yesterday was a, a very difficult day. It was a very difficult day for for uh, for anybody that was associated with the team. And uh, that includes, you know, supporters obviously, uh, players, their family members and the team management and county board officials. And, you know, I suppose what didn't help the the the, the situation was that, you know, it was beamed out live on TV uh, in uh, as a as a prime match, if you like, uh, on two o'clock on Sunday. And um, it it has it has uh, started a narrative or continuation of a narrative around championship structures structures and so on going forward. And um, to look at it bluntly, we were totally outclassed. Let's be honest about it. I mean, there's no other way of saying it. We were we were well beaten. Um, you know, the game was over. Realistically, let's be honest about it. It was over well before half time. Um, and you know, the gap in class, the gap in in. Uh, in uh, in in the standards, if you like, between what effectively is a division one team and a currently a division four team in our case, was 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 borne out there yesterday. Um if that's to do with the larger uh, picture in terms of what would we call it, um, a pattern of uh, large defeats in this year's championship, uh, we're not the only ones who has had this type of defeat uh, in the kind of championship itself, and in other provincial championships, they've happened as well. Is that the result of widening gap of standards? It's hard to say that it is not. To be honest, Richard, uh, the standards are the gap in standards is there. Uh, we would certainly, of course, have hoped to have been much closer. Uh, and know Eden's comments there at the start there, you know, we would have, we would have, we would have expected more. But I suppose it being realistic about it, um, we're facing against a team, a Mayo team that still has designs of winning again, winning All Ireland. But we certainly didn't just didn't expect to to uh, to go down that heavily. Let's put it that way, you know.
1: I suppose Declan, it's a very it's a very emotive thing for all of us that are, I suppose, literate people, and I suppose it's very easy to be sitting on the fence, and we're certainly not doing that um, and throwing darts at, at at anything. But I suppose we have to look at it in a context of, you know, how how we're approaching this going forward. Are we are we going to say? Um, we're not good enough perennially. We're not going to be good enough going forward. Um, you know, let's resign ourselves to, you know, oblivion and and championships of maybe like the Hurting, you know, bring in three or four tiers of football championships. And like, I'd be very afraid of that scenario personally myself. I'd be very afraid, and, and I'm sure Declan, you've been around long enough to witness days when we've had, you know, good times and we've been at a standard where we can be very competitive. I'd be very reluctant to kind of say that's the way to go ultimately long-term because... Unfortunately, I think if you head down that road, um, there's no way back up out of it again, if you head down that road, because mentally I think players, the moment they're struggling with this. They're hearing it in, in, in social media circles all the time, you know, that they're not good enough, that they need, you know, we need to hear championships. This is the mantra coming from, you know, the top media sources. I, I don't agree with it personally. I think it's I think it's an easy out. I think it's something to say, you know. I don't think the GA wants it. Um, listening to the GA commentary, I don't think the GA per se want. And Pat Spillane made a very valid point yesterday on provincial championships. You know, they they should be here. So, from our point of view in Leitrim, I suppose is to try and um, see where we are, and and how we progress back to a, a competitive position where we can go and compete with Mayo. And away. and Roscommon. And I know that there are people and Braffy outside of this group that will 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 kind of sneer at that and say that's rubbish talk. But I don't agree with that. I don't I don't think it is rubbish talk. You know, we mightn't have the volume of players every year to do this, but we certainly can do things to make sure that we're ready when a wave of players is available to do this. And I think that's kind of what our target needs to be. Because at the end of the day, this game has been around a long, long before us. It'll be around long, long, long after us. And we have a duty of care at the moment, in, in, in my opinion, to make sure we we pass it on in the best possible way to the next generation of players. And I know there are four year, four year olds to, to 14 year olds out there looking at yesterday, and and your job, you know, in, in school, Declan, or whatever, trying to get kids motivated to play for Leitrim. And that's that's where I would be coming from an emotive point of view. I'd be concerned about it. But I don't think we should be talking about throwing towels in and stuff because we've never done that. That's not part of what we're made of. And I think we should be looking at, you know, resurrecting and getting on and getting up at it again and trying to get players into a mentality where, you know, they know they can do better. And, and you know, maybe demand more standards from everybody around the place. I don't know what you feel about that, but. Yeah, I suppose,
2: you know, it's a, it's a double edged sword. Um I If you were to look at the history and we're not going to pour over 130 years of GA history here or anything else like that we've only got 15 minutes so that's uh, to point very quick, Dave, And you were part of a, you were fortunate to be part of a very successful um, uh, leadership team back in the early 90s and you know and obviously you know you you continue to play after that um and it was a there were great times there were there were there were tremendous times for the supporters and and Leecham players and everybody associated with the team um and and you know that was a competitive era and in the early to we'd say in the mid to late maybe 2000s uh, if you would like to call it the noughties we had a very um competitive team arguably the most more comp- most competitive team we had from 94 uh, since since 94 I would say I'm talking about the team we would have had in the Des Dolan era, which yeah, yeah, yeah. was consistently able to go to Salt Hill and was able to go to uh, Hyde Park or wherever, because we we tended to actually play Galway more than anybody else at that stage. But mm-hmm. we played we played Mayo and Carrick and Shannon in two thousand and six, the year that that they got to the All Ireland final afterwards, and they were you know scrambling to get out of Port Sean that day with a one point win, you know. But and something has happened in the interim. And, You know, it's probably a combination of of, of factors and. I'm going to drop a, 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 a sort of a, a key stat, if you like, in here. It's one worth putting in there in that uh, period from 1998-99 to 2008-9, which is sort of the finishing off of your era, and if you like, and going into that Des Dolan era that I mentioned. The Legion mm-hmm. Club Championship was at probably its most competitive level in all of that time. And I know we're going, I'm going slightly away from the county game, but it is relevant. It was a 10-year period from, I think, 1998 when Melvin Gales won it and you won it yourselves in 1999 up to 2007 when the 10 senior championships of that era were won by eight different clubs. Now, that to me tells me that the club standard was at a much more uh, meaningful level, if you like to put it. Therefore, when there were more clubs uh, in a position to be able to win the club championship, you had a better competition. And a better competition at club level... Will raise the standard of all players. That obviously club players, but certainly it it means that intercounty players have to step up to the plate when they're playing for their clubs, and that feeds into, uh, the um, feeds into the into the intercounty season. So I have a concern, to be honest, which you, locally from the point of view of this of the we'll call it the the standard of uh, our club competition at this moment in time. I think there's a gap there. I think it's the last ten years has shown that there is a gap. The, the number of teams. When I mentioned 10 teams that won it, that or eight teams, I should say, that won or eight clubs over a 10 year period, I defy anybody to come across and contradict me in 10 years' time to say that eight different clubs will win the next 10, if that makes sense. So I, I think we have to address issues in the club game, uh, particularly in terms of standard, and perhaps maybe have less teams in the senior championship and a better intermediate championship. I'll be shot for saying this, but you have to address it at some stage. To, to increase the standard of the club game. And if you increase the standard of the club game, then you will increase the standard of the of the county game. Come back to what you said um uh, or what you're suggesting there about about the about the gap in standards and the we'd say the tiered systems we say, which is obviously I mean the word tier if you were searching on we had lots of tiers in in uh, in in Hyde or in Castle Barrow yesterday, but the tiers that we've been talking about uh, on media were all to do with tier championship. Um I suppose, yes, I could. Re- I, I, there is a fear that if it does go, which I think is really inevitable, is a, is probably a word I don't like using, but that there will be two tiers, the Tauching Cup, and that w- it'll split into two tiers, um, in the in two thousand and twenty twenty two, we'll say. That decision obviously has to be made at Copperfast, fast yet, as to whether it will or not. Uh, the fears that you've pointed out about the players that would be lost through the tiers. Uh, yes, there's a there's there's a definite change to that. The glory game, the glamour game, will obviously be the one that will be played for Sam Maguire. Uh, but there's a marketing challenge there for the GA to ensure that players who are playing at the second level. If that's the way it's going to be, don't get lost and that they get maybe not as much coverage, but get their due coverage. However, if you look at with you mentioned Harland there, Breffney early, uh, Brefney, earlier. Um, <laughs> we're getting all the spoonerisms out here now. One go, but anyway. <laughs> um, they lose from hurlers, um, and and you've been at a few of the games. Breffney, if not all of the games, are playing at you know the the bottom level of hurling. But that doesn't decrease their desire, or doesn't decrease their 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 um they're playing in the Nicky Rackard second lowest level, I should say. It doesn't decrease their desire, nor their preparation, nor their nor their will to want to win a competition and improve themselves. So you know somewhere in the middle is the a combination of factors. You ask Aidan about how do we address this going forward. It's not just as simple, I think, as looking at the structure. It's not just as simple as looking at the county team. Uh, yes, we have to, you know, have to. We have certain accountability for performance and all that type of thing. But there's a, there's a greater picture at work. I think we need to look at the entirety of our organisation and how we run things from nursery up, if that's what it takes, and underage up, to ensure that we get better structures that will should produce better players. And that's there's no easy fix to this, I'm afraid.
0: Yeah, just taking a quick look through the the records there, Declan, just to to come back to your point about the the eight different winners in 10 years. We've had five different finalists in the last three seasons in Leitrim. Um, Now, maybe they're the only five teams that at the moment can reach a final in the county, but we've had three different winners in three years. So it's not exactly a a Dublin-style dominance of the club championship at the moment. Yeah, there mightn't be eight clubs there at the moment, but there's definitely four or five at the start of every season that can challenge for that senior title. Is the problem though, outside of those four or five, that maybe there's 17 or 18 teams who just aren't aren't at that level and, and their players are, are really, I suppose, not maybe at the level to step up to intercounty football?
2: Yeah, well, I, I, I yeah, I think that you know if you have a much sharper um and, and okay, you're talking about five, and we could argue all night about the number of teams mm-hmm. to step away in the, from the senior championship. This year, and, and maybe a, cl- a club or a team will come from outside of those that we have in our mind to win it. And great if they do, um, but if it's not competitive enough, we're we're facing into a championship, albeit now, which you know, obviously, COVID has had effect on, on what we wanted to do with structures. We're facing into a club championship this year, where you'll have two groups of five. You know, we'll drop two teams only out of that competition before quarterfinal stage. You know, which effectively means that you know the stronger teams in the competition those traditionally they would expect to get to quarterfinals don't really have to put their foot to the gas in four games going on and they have to be ready for a quarterfinal. I know, yes, the competition hots up at that stage, but we've had some very imbalanced quarterfinals over the last number of years as well, which which doesn't really bode well for the structure of the competition. Um, I, I think that, you know, if we have, you know, you said, okay, obviously we've got three, three different winners and five different finalists over the last three years. You know, it, certainly... We wouldn't be even dreaming of introducing a championship that would have less than eight teams, but I I think eight is about right, I think, for us. Uh, Now, we have 10 at the moment. We had 12 up to uh, two years ago, and it was a struggle to get 12 down to 10. Uh, I'm not even suggesting that it'll go to eight in the short term, but I I think in the longer term, we need to have a closer look at that. And, And there's nothing wrong, by the way, when we're talking about tiers. There's nothing wrong with having a very competitive intermediate championship or junior championship either. No, but I suppose Declan and
1: I, I fully agree with everything you're saying, um, and and this is it's more a discussion, you know, than a than a debate, long term. But I think there's certainly, I and my 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 um, looking at football over the last ten years, particularly at adult level, um, and maybe over eighteen years through underage into adult. There's definitely an apathy around football now that wasn't there. Declan, in your opinion. Do you feel that there's apathy among players um, current in the current um, climate that maybe mightn't have been there several years ago? Um, and I mean in the context of players not committing to play for their county team um, and taking other options.
2: Yeah, I suppose part of that is probably related to the fact, you know, you've mentioned 1987 and, you know, when you started and, you know, Society has changed, and players have changed, and you know what they can do with their time has certainly changed a good bit in in that era of time. Uh, some of the most, all of our current players obviously were not weren't even born. They wouldn't they wouldn't. Uh, some of the our players that were in in, in uh, yesterday weren't even born in '94, uh, much less be born. Some of them are millennials, if you like to call it that. So we're dealing with a different generation of players. I, I, in all that period of time. You know, the, the the gap and going back to the gap in standards, you know, it's maybe lads are beginning to think that, you know, is this all is this worth it? Is it worth it? Some fellows might think, you know, it's not worth this slog um, because there's other things I need to do do with my life. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, but having said that, uh, I, I agree with what you said. It's it, it's still and always will remain a singular honour to, to represent your county. And to be fair to the lads that went out yesterday, and it was a tough day for them. You know they all did their as best they possibly could on that day we might not be happy with the result or otherwise but but they did put themselves forward let's not forget that that they put themselves forward they played they prepared uh, and it didn't work out for them and you know that's 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 too bad and it's unfortunate and so on uh, but and life goes on and, and yes, of course, I suppose if there was a qualifier this year and, you know, we've had this, we've had, we don't have qualifiers, but in a previous year, we'd have had two years ago, we'd have qualifiers and there would have been a chance for redemption. There's no redemption from this and there was no hiding place yesterday, unfortunately. But I think in, in essence, Aidan, you know, the, the standard uh, of the those few counties that have just gone, we'll say, through the roof in terms of what their preparation, etc. and everything else that goes on with it. You know, as has resulted in the fact that it, the gap, you know, perception or otherwise is 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 going to be extremely difficult to bridge. No matter how cyclical you might suggest that that the intercounty game can become, you know, like Mayo are not going to become or the Galways are not going to become bad teams overnight. Certainly, yes, we can improve. There is no doubt about that. Um I would certainly hope that we can improve <laughs> into the future. Well, the only context I, can, I would put
1: I would put that that is next year we're playing. Tipperary and Cavan in Division 4. The previous season's Ulster and Munster champions.
2: Yeah.
1: That's a fact. So we can gloss over all we want and we can talk about standards and carries and Corks and Donegals and Thrones and everything else. Cavan subdued those teams the previous year and Tipperary did the same. And they're in our division next year. So that's the only candle I, I will hold up in the wind to say you know, Things can be done. We can do things. We can't but if we succumb to you know the the greater, wider perception out there of people who are not directly involved, who are, you know, on the fence, uh, it's too easy. That's my that's that's my only comment. It's too easy. You know, we have two provincial champions from the previous year, and we'll see how me's doing something with Dublin. I'm sure I'm sure they'll think they'll do great, or Colin Rock does. But let's, you know, like Let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater because we, at the current time, are really, really struggling to find form against really top teams. And Mill is a really top team. There's no question about that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Devin, I, we asked you for fifteen minutes. We've taken up way more of you even than this. Um, first of all, I want to say thanks for coming on because I know anybody involved with with Leitrim GA and and with the team yesterday. It's got to be tough to face any kind of interrogation, particularly in a public forum like this. So thank you very much. I do respect. fact that you made yourself available i suppose that the question that most people have at this point is um where to from here and it's where i started the the conversation i suppose what are the next steps for for leitrim ga in terms of of where we go into next year and beyond i know terry has already indicated he wants to sit down with the county board uh, to discuss his future is that something the county board will be doing in in the short term medium term or what are the plans around that
2: yeah, well, it's it's fair. Like obviously, Terry has gone on record yesterday, in stating that that he will sit down and there will be any decisions made around what is the better way for Leicestershire to go forward. But yes, that conversation will take place, um, and you know, is it short term, mid term, uh, long term? Uh, when I I would obviously we haven't set uh, any date for that to to happen, but it will happen in the relatively short term, and we'll sit down and we'll 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 hear what Terry's thoughts are. Uh, and you know we'll have a, we'll have a, we'll say we'll we'll have a um a, an adult conversation around you know where we're at, at this moment in time and you know the, i mean the easiest thing to do is to sort of brush all of this under the carpet and say you know look if we if we hold our head down uh, long enough it'll go away that's not that there's no leadership attached to that and there's no Uh, there's no there's no path forward by doing that so you know we we have things to address and we have things to look at and uh, certainly you know Aidan has made very valid points there about you know the 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 future of uh, the championship and and so on Uh, and you know there's special congress obviously to come up later on in the year which would make hard decisions I suppose around what the structures will be going forward and that's a debate for another day but certainly you know we can't run away from this It, it has happened uh, it hasn't happened just to us, but we we, do, we we don't need to be concerned about what happened to Sligo or what happened to Longford or anybody else. We have to be concerned about what is the best way forward uh, for at least from GAA uh, in from the situation we find ourselves in now.
0: Absolutely, and it's not going to be uh, the easiest task in the world to turn things around after what has been a, a pretty bleak week uh, with the under-20s losing, of course, last Tuesday evening as well in Hyde Park. Declan, thanks very much for, for coming in and having a chat with us. Can't be easy this evening to face the music, so... Thanks very much for coming in. All right, thanks, Declan. All right, Aiden. Thanks, good Declan. Good talking uh, to
1: you. you. Talk to you soon. Thank yeah. you.
0: Thank you. Bye. Bye. Declan Bohun, there, Aiden. Um, plenty of food for thought, Aiden. We did, I suppose, we chatted about yesterday straight after the game about maybe what we would do at tonight's show. Uh, we weren't quite sure what direction to take it in. I think everybody was fairly despondent after the performance yesterday. Um, and like you said at the very outset of the, of the, of the show it wasn't unexpected our entire preview show last week myself and derek we were chatting even to terry and we were kind of trying to be realistic about it as well and unfortunately yes there's even worse than we might have suspected was going to actually happen but we threw it open we had a chat yesterday and we threw it open to our audience and to the listeners and the, and the watchers here on and um, this lead from ga podcast about maybe where you think the county board should go. And we'd like to be part of the discussion about how Leitrim can put some positive endeavors and positive initiatives in place within the county to encourage lads to get involved, uh, to encourage players to improve their skills, and to stay involved in county football uh, when they are good enough to be there. we might run through some of the suggestions that came in and they're fairly varied Aiden do you want to hear some of the the that came into us oh yeah sure absolutely
1: everyone's opinion 100%. is valuable
0: 100% and you know there's nothing quite completely crazy either there's a ring of truth to absolutely everything that we're about to go through but and um, we did get some some messages in from various people people supporters people involved with the game people involved with the county teams people involved within clubs and we've taken a selection of those we're going to keep them anonymous because i think it's not fair um to some people um at least we've tried to go as positive as we can in terms of what's come in overwhelmingly they were fairly positive There were some really good suggestions came in uh, let's go through some of them here. One that came in on Facebook uh, was that we should completely withdraw from next year's championship, that until there's a, not even a second tier, but a third tier agreed and put in place, that we should concentrate on the league, don't play in the championship, uh, make actual progress against teams of a similar level, and the GA have no apathy or respect for Leitrim. We're irrelevant in the bigger picture. Time for our county board to wake up and take a stand. Those lads who play today deserve more respect and protection. Now, while I agree with some of that, I think um, the of <clears> withdrawing <throat> from the competition, uh, doing a, a Kilkenny on it effectively is is really not really not viable. Aidan, is it? Not
1: at all. Um, I, uh, the person has merit in what they're saying about the championship, but not withdrawing from the championship. The the merit in 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 the comments uh, made, I think, is the league is is crucial for Leitrim. The league is absolutely crucial. Like we shouldn't even be considering a championship conversation. Not that we don't take part in it, but it's not the focus. Now, this year, for obvious reasons, was a complete disaster for preparation for some teams. And unfortunately, it looks like we are one of those teams that didn't prepare at the same level as other teams prepared for the National Football League. Because there was a window of opportunity for Leitrim to get out of Division 4 this year again. Um, and we didn't avail of that opportunity. We didn't put ourselves in the best position to do that. Um, if if we had done that, if we had put ourselves in the position to beat Sligo, Loud and Antrim, uh, this conversation would be completely different. Albeit we might have got the same result in Castlebar as we got, the conversation would be different because we would be in a Division Three position next season uh, and a better foothold. To start, to develop, and keep going our development processes. Because last two years ago, remember, we, were, we got promoted. We had a very, very vibrant, um, you know, county uh, looking forward to Division Three. And unfortunately, by the skin of our teeth, we weren't able to compete in Division Three. By the skin of our teeth, only we just we just did you know a couple of games, um, a point or two here or there. So we were in the mix. And then all of a sudden, we're back this year again, and everything is doom. It's not doom and gloom. It's probably reality of where we are at the moment, but. To answer that caller's question, I totally agree with their with their comment on the league. Absolutely, the league should be our focus, but not withdrawing from the championship. We still have to go out because that's too easy. If we if we don't like, we have to in, this, in the modern world losing. We have to learn how to lose as well and be able to take it and and develop it and and work from it and come back from it. Um. So yeah, there's a pro and con in that comment. In my opinion, absolutely, the league has to be the focus, and then. The championship, you you take that as your barometer of how much progression you're making.
0: Now, here's a little one that has been mentioned a few times. Uh, Terry mentioned it last week on the show about uh, developing younger players and really going in at the, at the grassroots levels. Um, hi, hi Brefni. Take a look at the club underage scorelines. Teams playing, lads, three years below the age grade just to be able to field a team take a look at the model in Kerry which could answer our problems they have a club championship and also a championship where you have to play within a two year window and if a club cannot stand on their own within those two age two year age group uh, they don't compete they have to merge with with their clubs, I'm paraphrasing the introduction here, but there's a final competition which is a regional championship and it played in a one-year window. So essentially you're a true under 13 or true under 14 or true under 15 and that acts as your inter-county team trials, your inter-county squad trials. Um, And I know this has started to come in at underage level in Leitrim, but this um, contributor was suggesting that maybe it could be something that comes in at every age grade. So you play within a two-year window in your club, uh, or an amalgamation of clubs, depending on on numbers, but that the cream of the crop might come into maybe a, a quarter of the county, and they play each other in a round robin or in a in a regional or a, a divisional competition, effectively, where everybody is of the standard. All squads have the appropriate number of players that you're not relying on on the same thirteen, fourteen, fifteen lads to be there every single game to 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 basically field the team.
1: I know from my experience involved in underage um that's the galway and they model as well you know they work very much in regional in regional areas now obviously their numbers far exceed our numbers here here in leitrim but i do agree with the concept of the amalgamation um i would have been a big um, uh, disbeliever in amalgamation because but i've seen the positivity it can it can bring and particularly here in sligo the last number of years, in under 20 championships, 21 championships in particular, it has had a marvellous effect on the championships where the championships have become really, really competitive. Um, there is a there is an area in underage development where you have inclusivity, which is really important, to give everybody a flavour um, of what's available to them in Gaelic games. But there has to be a reality check as well to say, those players who are not as committed as the players who are developing more and quicker. And that's the trade-off area for me in, in club football. You know, if we amalgamate two clubs um, to keep on to keep the age group right, is there a danger we lose any of the amalgamated uh, players uh, of lesser standard? Is there a danger that the players in excess will not be playing football and is is there a, a, a danger that those players will be lost to the game and if so is that a problem for us that's kind of the discussion i would see around the underage and i've been heavily involved in it here for for several years in Sligo I'm obviously very aware of what's going on in Leitrim as well you know through, you know through my leitrim connections but at the same time you know it's a very very difficult area to get right but that suggestion is very well made um I have seen the benefit of amalgamation for championship football um, at full 15 a side. I think what happens in the smaller county, Breffney um, is that we end up playing smaller sided games, which I think is a disaster. Um, if you look at the, the rugby model and the, and the soccer model, which are relevant in this conversation, you know, they tend to play their numbers, you know, if it's 11 a side or 15 a side, you know, for a large extent and, if we start in Gaelic football because a club only has nine players, at the, of the age we play nine a side, um, to me that's not Gaelic games. That's that's different. That's a different model. And this this I think I've seen it, and it definitely has a knock on effect down the road, uh, when you come into 15-a-side football, the kids have been playing 9-a-side or 11-a-side with their clubs because of numbers, maybe in a Division 2 or Division 3 uh, championship. It's great for the club to have its own identity and all that, absolutely. but So you have to care for both. The club has to maintain its identity, but you still have to maintain a standard, and a standard comes from playing 15-a-side football, because that's what our game is, 15-a-side.
0: Yeah, we've all seen those underage games where um, 9 or 11 aside, where you've got one or two strong players and it effectively becomes a contest of uh, our two best players against your two best players. Correct. It's an athletics event, nearly more so than a football game. It's it's who can run the pitch more often and more reliably than the other without making a mistake at under 10 or 11 or 12 or whatever it might be. We've all seen those games. and. and I, while I, I love the idea that clubs keep their identity and, and, and that, I think um, maybe that's part of the conversation that we need to have in future about how those the games are, are structured. Now, a lot of clubs, because of uh, rural decline and population decline in, in Leitrim over the last 10 or 15 years, have been forced into amalgamations anyway, but maybe they haven't always been the right amalgamation. You know, maybe the, the yeah. town team amalgamating with a, a rural team, maybe the two or three rural teams should amalgamate and play Division 1 rather than um the town team amalgamating and, and just pulling in players to the detriment of lads, as you said yourself, who might have been 14 or 15 on that team now maybe not getting a game. Um, We, we jumped to another uh, contribution that came in, and this one wasn't sent to us, but it was one we picked up from social media. In fact, I think you spotted it. Uh, I'm not going to name names to protect again, we don't want people getting put on blast about their, their comments um, from the show today, but um, a former county player, a teammate of yours over the years, uh, Aiden, uh basically very critical maybe of the demeanor of the sideline without giving the specifics, but the demeanor of individuals on the sideline, and particularly Terry on the sideline uh, and basically claiming that they felt he was too casual. Now I'm a, a fan of the casual manager who do, who's done their work on the training field. Um, Maybe, in this case, I don't know whether they have a point or not. What's your own thoughts on that? Should a manager if a manager's not losing his head on the sideline uh, is that as indication that he's not actually that he doesn't care? I'm not convinced that that's actually the case but but in this instance no system, I, I um obviously without naming the names and uh, you know th- th- there
1: is a point well made um and and the point would probably go pre game uh was the towel thrown in? Because it happened here in Sligo, Breffney, where it was very public, where Tony McIntyre had said two weeks out, this is a done deal. Uh, we're going to get beaten by Mayo. And it caused a small ripple here in Sligo, but not the type of ripple it should have caused. You know, um, I think that's the comment, is that before the game, it was just certainly during the game. Um, Now, I've seen Terrier games all last three years as well because doing the commentary with ocean fm i spotted terry several times and terry is the laid-back guy on the line you know he has his work done you know so that's what i've managed but what i do i do the point is well made at the same time and it's probably more pre-game than actually in the game is that we were resigned to this and you know be that a reality or not be it a fact or not you know i don't think you can approach a game at any level by saying we're not going to be competitive here. We can't win this game because that's that's not the nature of what we're trying to do here, be it reality or not. Yeah, people will say to me, you know, oh, that's crap. Ed, and you're talking crap because we had no chance. Well, we had the same chance, you know, of trying to to do, you know, the best we could do. Um, and but by the by the by the manager maybe being a little bit, you know, kind of, you know, well, sure, this is a done deal. We're not able to compete with this team. Um. That's probably not acceptable, referee. To be honest, and you know, that's probably what the 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 iration of this comment has come from. It's probably not the demeanour exactly on the day, but it's probably based a little bit on the lead up to the game as well, along with the demeanour on the day. Because I've seen the demeanour on the day before, um, and it hasn't been an issue. The team is well prepared. You know, we're doing their job. Um, Terry is a laid back guy on the line. He he's not going around roaring and shouting at people, and not one here and there. You know, but to be fair to Terry. He isn't that kind of volatile guy on the line who's, who's you know, up and down, roaring the guys. But at the same time, the point is well made. Um, had we to the towel thrown in before the game from, you know, um, an administrative managerial point of view, we probably had. And that's probably not acceptable. Um, and that's probably where the comments came from, I would imagine, more so than the actual, you know, laid back attitude on the day.
0: I think you might be right in that instance. Uh, the final one we've picked out, and we did get so many contributions in. Thank you everyone to got in touch. Um, it's great to see such an interest out there for people uh, amongst the Leitrim supporters to to really throw ideas out there and have a conversation about maybe where we ha- can go from here. Um, one was in relation to the educational side of the game and, and in terms of how the, the the game affairs out in the schools. And Cumberland School obviously has its history, but this was particularly with the secondary level of the schools. And it was basically, uh, I'll paraphrase parts of this just to protect identities and stuff, but secondary schools are a mess. Uh, the only school where the student population is fully Leitrim is in Mohol, Obviously, all of the others around the county do take players in, whether it's in Carrigallon, they take them in from Cavan or, or Longford and Leitrim or Carrigan Shannon will take players in from from Roscommon and Banner Hamilton will take them probably from Sligo and from Calvin on the other side. So uh, the only one where Leitrim players are fully based is Mohol. But in principle, sorry, in across the board, schools tend to not want to allow students to miss class for, um for sports that you're given time after school. Uh, but that the, that's not practical with so many people traveling to and from school by, by, um by bus uh, and the, so it's just not practical and, and the schools game particularly the second level schools game has drifted away completely in in the county and it's caused that that kind of gap between coming a school where everyone wants to play uh, and creates that kind of fall off for players as they get through those teenage years in second level
1: yeah i i agree the schools thing is probably something that i've been very heavily involved in indirectly over the last several years um I have been a minor manager in sligo here a major interaction with the schools in sligo um you know two major schools and then two other subsidiary schools who are at the same coming up to the same level um i think leitrim can do more from the school's point of view now i have a suggestion i had a suggestion for several years that leitrim would have a a school like we had a vocational school team back in the 90s that were competing in Ireland finals I remember seeing Finn McBride playing Iron fine. I think we need to look at that from the overall context of secondary school football and have a team playing a college's football, certainly at senior level and possibly at junior level and juvenile level as well, where it becomes a subsidiary county team that are representing Leitrim in the college's A championship, playing the big teams from the other four counties. Um, at a very competitive a level so it becomes a subsidiary to the county development squads and teams so in other words these guys are playing with each other at a higher level earlier in a competitive environment not waiting for development squad football to take over and by the time they're sixteen, they're 16 they haven't played really competitive matches bar some blitz games over in ballyhonest so my suggestion would be very simple now we play in b and we play in c connox football in, in probably those five five six schools you've 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 named um and that's fine let that continue and that offers more football for the guy for the kids in the schools still playing at that level okay but your elite players um go and play colleges college a football be it from Mohol, Manor Hamilton, Ballon more Carrie Gallen, wherever, Carrigan Shannon, that the best players go and play college a football. Now you talk about a logistical uh, you know, gobby be with the days when parents travel to games, and that still goes on here. You know, you know, if the county board and and you know Thomas Keenan can work out the logistics around that, I'm sure County Council, and uh, knowing John Prenti as I do, and these people would be would be more than happy to facilitate that type of a movement, um, and that would give our our, our guys more exposure to better players younger. And when they come to the grades up the years, there might be more enthusiasm for progressing on down the road. Now, I'm not saying leech mondre football has been fine over the last, you know, well, not in recent years, but in, in past years, there's a lot of good work done. But that's one of the suggestions I would have, is that we try and, and and introduce, you know, better A football for our guys, our kids in school, through secondary school, to give them something to buy onto. Because the vocational system did work. You know, we weren't competing in the final finals, and we did bring players through from all those teams into adult football. You know, there's no question. Finton obviously sticks in my head because I remember back that, that day in Crow Park specifically, but there are other players in that group that have come through as well. So that's a suggestion I would make. Um answering the the, the, the person's question, yes, we can probably do more in schools football to make it um, make ourselves more competitive coming into underage county football um, from the development squad system. I think there are there is scope there for some for some work um, to better it.
0: No accident that was in the mid nineties as well when the when the senior team were running high. I think it was ninety five, and I'm thinking, if I'm not mistaken, it was Donegal Gall. They played in that day. Um, in terms of, I suppose intercounty stuff. Let's maybe draw a line under that. Um, I think we've probably talked around the houses today. Thank you so much to Declan Bohan for giving us his time to come into us for about twenty minutes earlier on in the show, and to uh, to everyone who sent in those contributions and and offered suggestions. I think they are very worthwhile ideas and I think they and maybe many many more need to be sat down and poured over and I think a real strategy for where the county is going is something that's required over uh, and a long-term strategy a 10-15 year strategy and with a specific three to five year kind of plan uh, over the next period of time is something that that could be looked at by the county board but I know it's a it's a there's a lot of hurt being felt around the county in the last week or so and hopefully uh, we can move in a positive direction from here. Whoever and whatever that involves uh, over the next few months, I suppose that will time will tell how that all pans out. Uh, in terms of other games, let's just maybe cut back through last week's games. I don't know if you saw the under twenty game in Hyde Park on Tuesday night. Uh, a moment, uh, five moments of madness, two and a half, three minutes either side of half time. Um, other than that, it was a fairly tight game. But uh, four three in in the middle of a, a black card period, uh, just around half time. Absolutely killed it as a contest.
1: In I I left uh, Emlyn obviously um, is, is training with us at the moment in Saint Mary's here, and um, obviously I was watching with great intent for several for several reasons for Benny and for Emlyn and for and, and obviously for the team. But I left the house to go training um, with Saint Mary's here, and the score was nine six, and I think we were within a few minutes of half time, and I was reasonably confident this is going pretty well. Um, I arrived up at training, and someone says, "How is the game going?" and i just turned on twitter and it was two ten to six and all of a sudden and then we we're obviously training and then the same debacle happened after halftime so yeah that three or four minutes of absolute madness um put the game beyond our reach very very quickly um i suppose the fact that we were in the game like Emlyn's response to be fair to him like was complete shock they couldn't believe it that it just it had happened so quickly and the game was gone from them, you know, before they could actually react nearly. You know, two mistakes after half time, two goals again. The game was over. So it you know, it, it, there was no answer really to it. It was just it was just one of those situations that just got out of control and, 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 and the game was gone. Very unfortunate for a game that was, you know, competitive. That's Leacham were there or thereabouts coming into half time and they would have been very happy with the three point deficit at half time and you know, looking second, set up, setting up, and they're ready, as you said, you know, they already had their halftime speech ready, you know, for a three point deficit to kind of get out and get at it in the second half and, you know, maybe turn Roscommon over. But that went from that conversation to a conversation of, you know, we were out the gate, we were six points, 12 points, whatever, it was, or 10 points down at that stage at halftime. And, you know, the game was, was kind of half done, like, so yeah, very disappointing, Brett, I suppose. Like, we would have looked to be competitive, you know, and the, as you go through the age groups of, of minor and 21, or 20 now, as it is 17 and 20, you really should be competitive in those age groups, you know, because the the stuff we talk about at adult, at adult level, you know, and and maybe you know the gap at injury county senior level, you know, that's not there at under 20 and minor level. Generally speaking, you know, the teams are more competitive, um, very much closer. So that's why it's more disappointing, really, because you really you were in the hunt and probably should have been in the hunt. You know, right to the end, um, and unfortunately, because of those four minutes of, as you said, madness, that was gone.
0: Yeah, I was there on the night. It was a good crowd, to be fair, and there was a lot of expectation going into the game that they really could compete, and they did, as you mentioned, for for 31 minutes. Um, a black card, and we had two on the night, one very, very late as well. Uh, but it just wasn't to be for from on the night, and I suppose um, it's just given the week that was. I suppose not much to be uh, taken from that game, and just one to write off, unfortunately, but uh, anyway, we move on, and in terms of uh, Saturday, in terms of inter-county stuff, the hurlers and the ladies footballers, both in action at 2 o'clock, uh, mixed reactions, both teams um, went against form for the first half of the game, the ladies expected to to dominate their game, they found themselves uh, 4, or 5, 6 points down at half-time, the hurlers the opposite, they were expected to struggle and they were a good few points ahead at the interval, and a man up, but it all went pear-shaped in the second half. The Hurlers ended up losing kind of as was anticipated to a much stronger Donegal side that won the Nicky Record Cup last year. And the girls, despite trying very, very hard to blow it, did come away with a victory on the day. Two missed penalties, um, lots of goal chances missed as well through the game. Just things didn't go right and I suppose to coin or to take a phrase maybe that we've we've heard in other codes of, of football, um, they won ugly on Saturday and they, they won despite never really getting out of first or second gear. They had enough to put a, a very disappointing Fermanagh side to the sword. One by 112 to 111, the final score there. Um, have you seen much of the ladies this year in um, I know you're probably upped your eyes with your own stuff To be
1: honest briefly I haven't But what I've seen is the momentum um, Having spoken to Hugh At the very start um, of, of this pod, podcast um, I was very very impressed With Hugh and his approach And the response He was getting from the girls And then we spoke to Maeve here then a couple of weeks ago um there was huge positivity around the ladies' team and is around the ladies' team at the moment. And I suppose that's something we can probably take a leaf out of the book from the men's side of things. Um, you know, they've generated a positivity, they've they have enthusiasm, you know, they 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 have a vibrancy about them. You know, wherever they end up, um, they've had a reasonably, reasonably good season, you know, they've they've had a decent um the hurlers unfortunately are are kind of a mirror of the footballers in a certain amount. You know, they've the momentum hasn't been with them. You know, they've, they've they've lost tight games and they've ended up, you know, chasing their tails a little bit and, and that momentum is just so hard to break, you know. If if things are going against you, and I know that I watched the game on Twitter at the weekend and you could know, say, Yeah, they're actually they're going very well here and they're you know, and all of a sudden again. But momentum, Brefney and kind of expectation and all that stuff that comes with it, um it does it does have a weigh you down eventually. And I think the hurlers are probably a little bit a victim of that this season, it's just, just, they haven't got the run, the couple of games early on the other game at the very start and you know, one decision and all of a sudden the game is gone and you know those things can swing a short season and I'm not saying, I'm not blaming the short season, I'm not blaming, giving any team an out from that point of view, like every team is the same, but this short season hasn't done us any favours in the hurling or the men's football, it, it really hasn't done us any favours, I think Terry probably did point to this himself you know, on a number of occasions, and Terry basically, I think, threw the towel down early on and said, "This is not proper a proper season for for for," and he probably he has a point, but it is what it is, and and we had to get on with it. But I think the preparation and and the length longevity of the season was not what it was expected and what was needed. But unfortunately, and I would take that as a positive going forward. Breffni, just look, please God, COVID stays under control in the next number of months, and we do get a full a full um, season next season, you know, where this kind of um, year is gone and forgotten and put into into history. Um, there is some validity in making that comment that, you know, it hasn't been easy, and that's probably come out and hurt us certainly on the men's side of the game, whereas the ladies have had a bounce on this um, with the new manager coming in and, and, and the enthusiasm and the vibrancy, and the young team as well. You know, a lot of young, a lot of young, good quality players, and that does breed, you know, it gives the older players in the group a bit of vitality and it does push it on. And maybe maybe that's what's got given the girls as much a kick as anything else this year is that they've had so many young girls coming through with such positivity and such quality.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They of course face Claire this weekend on Saturday, uh, sorry, Sunday afternoon, that game in um Duggan Park in Ballinasloe. They play Clare. Uh, the winners of that game will guarantee themselves uh, a good shot, at top spot. There is a, a strange random way that Leitrim could eventually lose out in, the, in this qualification process. But a win on Sunday would see them guaranteed to take top spot in the group. In fact, a draw would probably be enough to guarantee them a place in the quarterfinals of that particular competition. So the very best luck to them in that game. The Hurlers, of course, they're out as well. They face Armagh in Kingsman Breffney Park in Cavan on Saturday afternoon at 1.30, the throw in there. Uh, I suppose it's a a big ask for Olkin Conway and his boys to overcome Armagh in that particular clash. But a win would set them up with a semi-final where they would face Mayo in that competition, but it would guarantee their survival for next year. Defeat would see them drop back down to the Laurie Mara competition for twenty twenty two. So that's probably the the carrot that's on offer for Ulkin and his team on Saturday afternoon. The very best of luck to them. I, th- I think that's our intercounty thing done and dusted. Um and I suppose really it's a case now for the next couple of months of getting on with the club scene agents because you're not stranger to the club scene. <coughs> Having both played and managed uh, with Glen Manor Hamilton over the years, but in terms of uh, this year, this year the draw takes place on Thursday evening. Most people will be very excited about who they're going to be facing in the round robin stages, or will they? Because as Declan mentioned earlier, when we spoke to him, there's four teams progressing out of five in this particular competition in in the group and either either side of the draw. And um, how important is the group stage really, or is it just about getting minutes in the legs, getting games under these players' belts and and setting yourself up and structuring yourself for a, a run at it from the quarter-final stage on? Well, uh, without, I don't know how to approach
1: this question, but um, I've seen both sides of this. I've seen it in, in Leitrim, um, looking after Manor Hamilton. The championship had, the, we had the very same format um, I think the second year I was there, where there were four teams progressing out of five to a quarter-final stage. And to be honest, it did, we were beaten in Indrum Shambo by Barnacula. Um, it was fantastic for Barnacula. it was as big a win as they ever had. Declan Bowden, he was happy man that day as I ever seen him. Um, but that was a so can you say that was a negative or a positive for the championship? I don't know. Um, but I know it was very good for Barnacula that day, Indrum Shambo. Um, they, they they came out and, they, and they, they they threw the kitchen sink at us and and, and they beat us. Um, and we went on to a county final that after that, but Barnacula. so on that count. The format, yeah, but you're right. There is a kind of inevitability about it, particularly if one of the teams in the group um, is struggling. If one of the teams in the group is struggling, um, and this is Declan's comments earlier on, Breffney would have alluded to, you know, getting the 10 teams down to an eight-team championship. That's probably where it's at, is if nine and 10 are just struggling at senior level um, and they're not able to compete, it makes that kind of uh, five-team group very quickly become uh, not and void because that team tends to lose games very quickly lose momentum and all of a sudden you know the the four other teams have nothing to worry about and that's the the drawback um again because the two countries are so much in parallel at the moment in, in lots of ways um sligo have the same format of championship um five and five but only the top two go to semi-finals and I was involved in that championship last year with St. Mary's, and I'm involved in it again this year with St. Mary's. And I'll tell you, there's no there's no breathing space whatsoever. Um, your first game is, is crucial, you know, so there's no space for error. And if you, the bottom two teams go to relegation, and the middle team is the only team that has no more games. So basically, if you don't finish in the top two, you're out of the championship, which I think is, I was a bit kind of um, coming out of Leitrim into Sligo, um, I was kind of a little bit saying, oh, no, oh, no, hold on a minute now. Give us a, give us a chance, you know, in case we don't get up <laughs> this team at the start. But but that being said, uh,
0: it's turned out a very good format.
1: You know, it's I made think, it very
0: competitive. I think to be fair to the county board and to the CCCC, who uh, dictate how these things operate and, and county convention, I suppose, has a, a big say in that as well. Um as far as I know, and I'm, I'm open to correction on this uh, from listeners, if you want to let us know, but I, I think last year, pre-COVID, the plan was to change it to top three would progress. First would go automatically to the semifinals, second and third would go into the quarterfinals with the winners of that obviously progressing on to play the, the, the first team in the groups in the semifinal stage. So it would have made it just a little bit tighter to get out of the group that yeah. you wouldn't have the fallback of just winning one out of four games and being in the knockout stages.
1: Well, that's probably a better scenario, to be fair, to the CCC in Leitrim, because that includes the third team. You know, the, the third team in Sligo ends up in no man's land. You know, they're gone. Their season's over. So they play their four group games. At the end up in third place, their season's over with no other game to play. And that's fine. OK, that's, 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 that's it. But the, the Leitrim format, that's actually a better format because what it does is it rewards the top team who finish the top of the group with their semi-final spot and the other teams then, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a better format. And I think that's, that's kind of kind of innovative ideas that will make the championships um, stronger. Um, the debate will always go around about numbers and championships. You know, some people will believe we need to keep the numbers high to try and keep the standard up. Other people will say we need to be more cutthroat and reduce the numbers to make sure that the right teams are in the, are in the championship at each grade. There's huge merit in both arguments. Um, I think the second argument is probably the one at the minute that we probably need to focus on a little bit more because we need to create the standard again and bring it up that we have eight competitive teams in each championship, you know, rather than the 12 teams and trying to develop the bottom four. You know, it doesn't seem to be working at the moment, that model. So maybe those four teams in Intermediate Championship or in Junior Championship from Intermediate Down is the best way to go, to try and create a standard with those teams and bring them back up again rather than having them in there perennially struggling in a grade that they're not able for, you know. So this goes back again, I suppose, across all intercounty and everything. But from the club point of view, I think, you know, the county board are doing their, their absolute level best here. And there's an awful lot of talking into this um, to try and get the best model to get the more teams competitive in the county. That's ultimately what the what the goal is here is to get more teams, more players competitive.
0: Yeah, and I think you mentioned the county board have done a great job and I have to be honest, the very fact that we're here and you can see around us if you're watching us here on YouTube, that this show is done in partnership with Leitrim GA and that wasn't us that approached them, they approached me about the work that we've been doing over the last couple of years to promote the games and they wanted to buy into that. And I found in my discussions with the county board this year, they've been very transparent, they've been very open, they've been very willing to try new ideas um, and I really think that there's a really good group of people around the table at the top level in the county at the moment. And I, I do believe that they're going to get this predicament that we find ourselves in. They're going to find a solution to that. I think it's just a case of of buying into to what they're selling really over the next couple of weeks, months and years as we try and, and push it on. I know Stephen McGurn and, and the new the two new um Games promotion officers are that's not quite their title at the moment. I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but and um, the new staff on the ground coaching and, and developing coaches and the coaching pathway in the county are doing fantastic work with their Thursda program we featured on the show a couple of weeks ago. And I think it's it's we need to, to allow that process to develop through the system and really recreate that kind of those back to basic skills. Anyway, in terms of the, the games of where we are, Aiden, we might just take a quick look back at the results of last weekend. we've gone through the inter-county stuff already, but There was a full round of games played on Friday night because of the inter-county action on Sunday. Everything got moved forward 24 hours or so. So Friday even saw a range of games across the league in in all divisions, full rounds of fixtures. Uh, The final round for some because of the uh, outstanding games in the Championship last year that have to be played, which will be played in approximately 10 days' time as you hear this. The Intermediate and Junior Championships down for decision in two weeks' time. Uh, Friday the 9th of July in Division 1. Mohol 3-11. Melvin Gales 1-7. Leitrim Gales 1-18. Glen Carman Hamilton 12 points. Ahawwilin 2-11. Shauna Heslands 1-18. And St. Mary's, Kiltar, 315. Anna Duff, eight points. In Division 2, Drumahair one won eight. Gortletra, a draw. We've gotten used to seeing draws between those two sides over the last couple of seasons. Alan Gale, six points. Ochna Sheelan, 115. Carrie Gallen, 113. Drum Riley, 10 points. While Fina, 2-6. Balneglare, should I say, 2-10. That's so Fina, 2-6. 2 210. The final game in Division 2. And in Division 3, two games played over the weekend. Avast, one fifteen. Glenfire and are 110, from Kieran 218, Born Akula 3 9. There should have been one more game played in Division 3, but that game has been moved to the middle of this week. It takes place on Wednesday evening in Kiltoberd. Clune are the visitors to their new facilities there in Kiltoberd. That game thrown in at eight o'clock. Now, we did mention that the Intermediate Championships in two weeks' time, which means that the, the teams involved all played their opening round league game. Uh, over the final round league game a week previous to the start of the league. So it leaves us with a, a slightly incomplete balance in the final round of games over the weekend. In Division 1 of the Masonite Football League, Glencarg Manor Hamilton and St. Mary's will do battle on se- at 7 o'clock on Saturday, evening. all games thrown in at 7. Sean Hesslins and Leitrim Gales in what will effectively be a league final decider. Sean Hesslins in the driving seat. They have three wins from three so far in the competition. But a Leitrim Gales victory would move them ahead of the Ballon Moore side and into that final league spot Mohol virtually guaranteed a spot despite uh losing earlier on in the competition Um, it would take just the way the results have fallen only four games been played it would take a, a huge scoreline from st mary's and Leitrim Gales to knock them out of that top uh two spot in that final um again everything's a little bit up in the air with the leagues it all depends on who qualifies and all that sort of stuff all will be clarified by the county board and the cccc in due course, but that's where we are at the moment. We'll run into the fixtures Glenn Manor versus St. Mary's, Ballinamore, Sean Heslins versus Leitrim Gales, and Melvin Gales versus Ahu Those games take place on Saturday evening, all at 7 pm. And in Division 2, Ockham Sheelan versus Carrie Gallen, Drum Riley versus Drummer Hare, and Balneglare versus Alan Gales in a nice local battle there on uh, Friday e- or Saturday evening. And Drum Kieran Eslin, Glenn and and Kilthubbard, the final games in Division 3. Um, Aiden. We've talked at length on the show over the last few weeks about, I suppose, the leagues this year and and how really they're just a, I don't want to say glorified friendlies, but they're just kind of a, a fixture list really more so than the league tables. There will be finals there, but really and truly, um, in some of the games I've watched, at least, it's very much about giving lads games. Um, one or two clubs seem to be a bit more into it than others, but that's all right. That's allowed. Um, what's your own thought on, on the structure where there's no relegation, no promotion? As a manager of a team, would that interest you? How would you approach this? Would you be firmly with the championship? I would. And, and the reason being,
1: Brefni, like there, there's two sides to this. Um, we're giving lads competitive football. You can see the clubs here, I think, that have a little bit more strength and depth at the moment. that's what's coming to the fore. You know, um, the teams that have more players available um, are are progressing better in this league without county players being involved. Um, I think it's very harsh on teams that have a lot of county players. I think it's very harsh um, to put them into a competitive environment um, where they can suffer, Uh, the club can suffer. Um, So on that count, I think having a a non-competitive is fair. Um, to give those clubs an opportunity to, um, you, you know, to play games without 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 the duress of of possibly relegated, without several players being available to play for you, um, because obviously this includes hurling and football. You know, when you're talking about club fo- club fo- club football, so you know, they're unavailable until until Leitrim exit all championships. So the football side of it obviously finished at the weekend, and the hurling side is out next weekend again. So this is a this is a problem for the county board, but again. It's only this season. This season is totally obscure, you know, and every county board is trying to do their best to get games played. Sligo like have gone for a competitive league and what's happened now with COVID, it's really struggling to get games played because games have been abandoned and called off over the last number of weeks. So now they're out of time. So they've gone for a competitive league scenario and they've got bit got bitten by COVID. Leitrim have taken out that risk by having a non-competitive leagues um, so if COVID has struck teams and they're not available to play, or players are unavailable, or county, it's it's not having the same impact, and that's fine. I think from the point of view of there is a trend developing um, in the results. There are there are teams that are progressing, um, you know, along the pathway you'd expect. You know, the likes of the Carrick and the Mohuns, you know, they're definitely progressing down the road. You know, and and you can see teams are are struggling at the moment. Manor Hamilton are struggling at the moment. You know, to find form, to find players. So I'm interested in this weekend's games with the lads back to see how that pendulum, you know, sits this weekend. You know, okay, they're only back for a week. Uh, It is very hard coming out of a county setup where it didn't go well. You know, the players are deflated. You know, they're coming back to their clubs, which will give them a massive buoyancy. Some teams will get a big bounce. Some teams, it might take a little bit longer to get the bounce out of it. Um, If players are coming back ready for football, hopefully injury-free. That will all have an impact. But the next number of weeks, I know from a club management point of view, you now the guys will be delighted uh, from a club manager's point of view to have all their panels back training uh, together, get ready for championships. So I suppose the next couple of weeks now are crucial for teams to get injury-free, have everybody available ready. And now these games this weekend, are the first games that they can use with all their players available to them from the footballing side of it.
0: Yeah, the hurlers, of course, still involved in that, but yeah. I suppose, uh, we've run out of time tonight, and it's been a tough week, as we have mentioned a few times on the show, uh, for everybody involved in Leitrim GAA. I suppose we do now have the little bit of light that is club football coming down the tracks, and that little bit of hope is creeping back into all of our thoughts, maybe as yes, what our clubs might do in their own championship campaigns over the coming weeks. Of course, the draw on Thursday night starts all of that, and we can start imagining how it's going to be defeating that local rival, or maybe even walking out on county final day in a couple of months' time. All of that still to play out over the summer. We're gonna be here at every step along the way. Can't wait to be bringing that to you over the next couple of weeks and months. Aidan, thanks once again for joining me, to Declan Bohan who joined us, uh, and to all the contributors who sent in uh, some thought-provoking ideas to the show. Uh, It's greatly appreciated that we have that audience interaction. Uh, In terms of, I suppose, where we go from here, I suppose now it's just a case of back to basics, Let's start looking at our clubs and the club football. The draw on Thursday night kicks all of that off. I know it's going to be live on the GAA Facebook page, Leak from GAA's Facebook page. I'm um, not quite sure of the time, but if you check it out there, you will find out the information uh, over the next couple of days. Aidan, thanks very much for joining me. Uh, as thanks, ever. Franny, A privilege. Thank you. And listen, to everyone joining us. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you again next week.